started informally because we did some you know research just to know the right questions to ask you but we would like okay. to be here what i said okay okay but we'd like to hear from your mouth like who do you imagine yourself to be So you mean like in the future? No, like presently. Who, who, who is Oyenda? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I would say I am. I am a person who is very comfortable doing many things and living some of the many things when I feel like time has passed. So, like, I'm just I'm pretty young, but I don't even of things I have sewn, I have done natural hair, but um, blogging or vlogging or whatever. I've had a YouTube channel, I have done spoken word, and but one thing that I feel like has stayed with me and will continue to stay with me, like even when I'm done being an engineer, because that's where my current phase of life is, um, you know, working as an engineer in the aviation industry. I feel like writing is something that will stay with me still, you know. Not to sound dramatic, but to my dying breath. So, like, there's just a number of things that I have done and I have been okay with releasing because I knew that the season has passed for that. But I feel like my season of writing is not really ever going to pass. It has taken on different forms over the years, but it's still been a constant thing for me. Um, do you ever feel pressured by, you know, all of things you're trying to do? Like, oh, I want to achieve this and that, I want to make this, mm, you know? Do you, do you feel... Yeah, of course, I think. Like, okay. Uh, do you feel like there's too much, um, what would I say now? You know, you're, sometimes the, uh, the wishes of those around us can affect how we move forward in life, you know? Or do you feel like, oh, this yeah. is your own personal pressure on yourself to go for distance? Yeah, okay. So I would say a combination of both. So based on the person that I am, like since I was a child, I've always been, you know, sort of an overachiever. So even like my parents, they, they would not even put pressure on me that I would not, like, they, they never were the ones that were pushing me I was one pushing myself specifically because for me, like for them, whatever I did, I was doing, you know, my best. But yeah, the pressure has always come from me. My parents cannot relate to a lot of my dreams. So in that sense, like they're not, they, they don't know what the peak is, so to speak. I'm the one who knows. So I'm the one who knows how far I'm willing to go. My parents are, you know, so, for example, aerospace engineering, that's what I studied in university. They didn't hear of it until I told them about it. They just aren't, you know, in the same path that, you know, that I'm taking. So, there's only so much that they know. They just know that, that, yeah, they want me to try and do my best. And sometimes they don't understand even the pressure that I put on myself. Like, there have been times when I got certain results and they were so proud. And I just know that, like, I was rather disappointed in myself because I felt like I could do better. Over time, I have grown into being more accepting of my failures or my shortcomings. And, yeah, so in some sense, they do put pressure on me. Because, for example, now when I was done with university, when I came back, 
um because i was schooled in dubai so when i came back um there was the whole rush of we'll get your degree get your you know your certificates your transcripts and everything or whatever so you can apply for nysc and you know start working in the rich industry that you said you wanted to work in but i decided to actually take a pause and all of it so for like six months i just wanted to be a writer and see what it was like what it would be like professionally so yeah i didn't i was just at home um finding different jobs just chilling mostly and then eventually just after coming i started writing professionally and my my mom especially was just like like she didn't understand she felt like i was wasting my time but, but yeah like now that i am doing i'm i'm currently serving i'm currently in my nysk as an airline and i'm still writing on the side so yeah like it's just i've sort of um grown past the phase of thinking that everything has to be done by a clock yeah. or that i have to reach a certain goal at a certain time and yeah i was reflecting on this recently and i realized that because i used to think like that because i finished a lot of things early like i was done with with you know secondary school and a level pretty young so i was just always my mind before there was like this meant there was this mental clock that i had for like everything every phase of my life that i wanted to accomplish wanted to do this wanted to do that now there's more clarity in, in there's more clarity and acceptance of the, of the fact that it doesn't have to be clarity like concerning every single thing that i want to do because i've grown some of the things that i wanted when i was younger i know what i want them what i want them to be now so yeah like i think i've sort of the pressure is still there but i've been just learning to navigate i'm okay with the fact that i don't have to have it all figured out at the stage in my life So, out of all of this, though, do you do you have fears that, oh, you know, all your, you know, all your efforts, they they actually reap something, you know, or you you have total belief in your uh, belief in yourself that, uh, uh, I'm Oyinda, you know, I'm gonna get this no matter the case. No, I think. <laughs> So it's it's shaky and some days it, I do have like this overwhelming confidence. Some days I'm just like imposter syndrome is kicking me, you know, really hard. And I have lots of doubts concerning aspirations that I have that am I really going to get there? Am I as good enough? Am I as good enough as I think and things like that? But I would say the days that I am confident are more than days that I, than I am not. So yeah, I think it's. It's just, I think that's just life, really. I don't think anyone can be 100% confident all the time. But yeah, I think that's what I'm at. So I'm going to digress a little bit and ask you, what was your childhood like? Like, how did it affect who you are today? Okay. So my childhood, I'm the youngest of three girls and my sisters are well, not that much older. One is six years older than I am. One is ten years older than I am. So they were, and they went to boarding school. So for the most part, it felt like, well, not for the most part, but let's say from during my formative years, it felt like I was an only child for you know a good chunk of the time because I was the only one at home with my parents and my sisters were in boarding school in different states even. So yeah, it was just mostly me learning how to 
comfortable in my personal space. Actually, it wasn't even like I was learning. I was just very comfortable. Like, I would play with myself. I was good enough for me, for myself. Um, and it was also a thing of, I don't know if my parents just didn't, it didn't, just didn't request them that it was something that they could have done. Like, allowing me to visit friends and things like that. Like, it just, it's not like they ever blocked it, but it wasn't an option. I didn't really think that oh, I could, you know, go out and be with friends as much. So, for me, up until I was nine years old and I entered, or well, nine, twenty, ten, and I entered boarding school where there was just a bunch of kids around all the time. So, I was really excited to go to boarding school because of that. Like, I felt like, oh, wow, finally, I, I won't be constantly alone. But at the same time, even in boarding school, there were times when I just really wanted my personal space. So, it's, it's like, I feel like even now as an adult, I say I'm an introvert, yeah. but there's because I say I'm an introvert because I really enjoy my personal space. There's a tension between um, how much of that was nature and how much of that was nurture. Like, what is that the way I am naturally? It's a result of my upbringing or whatever. And the fact that my sisters are much older, even when they were home, it's not like we we're always able to relate to each other that well because you know the, the age gap. Them not being around all the time, so us trying to learn friendships from from scratch, you know, all of that. So I think, yeah, I think naturally I am an introvert, but my my upbringing definitely had a lot to do with that. And as I'm as I've been growing, um, I've become more comfortable being around more people, or more comfortable being out there. Like I still have terrible days of my social battery draining very fast and just not really liking people, so to speak. But yeah, I think um, I've sort of outgrown, well, not, I can't say I've fully outgrown, but I've sort of outgrown that nurture part that was, you know, a result of my upbringing. And as a child, so another thing that I would say is not worthy about my childhood is that I was encouraged to dream and do things. So my parents never really... There wasn't really a way to say no. Like, there wasn't really a way to say that they restricted me of, you know, doing whatever I wanted to do. Um, I was exposed quite early to knowledge. I was encouraged to be inquisitive. So, yeah, I think those were things that have shaped me, you know, as an adult right now. So, um, how did you feel growing up as a last child and what role did your siblings play in your self-actualization? So, um, yeah, as a last child... You know, uh, you, you, spoke, you spoke a little about it already, but the focus here now is like, how did your siblings help you? Because I noticed that you wrote your first draft for your novel at the age of 14 right and uh, yes i did so and in part of the research we found out that your sister also had a, a blog at the time where you were you started writing from over time right yes yes so how, what roles did your siblings play in helping you develop your writing um personality and like your dreams your aspirations and so on to the end? So for my sisters, yeah. So one of my sisters, the one who is sixty years older than I am, she she's a writer. Okay. Even submitted as well. Oh. Um. So she was shortlisted. 
So um, she had a blog. I think for for a long time, I was basically my life. I noticed that my life was really modeled after my Indian older sister. Like I just picked it naturally. I picked a lot of the same interests as she had. Wore a lot of the same things. You know, as as yeah, when you're younger, you actually if you have older um, siblings that. Are, or older sisters, or you know, older siblings of the same gender, rather like a lot of clothes get passed down, lots of interests get passed down as well. So yeah, like for a long time, I think I was really just you know modeling my life after um, my Indian older sister. So even when you know she started writing, I started writing shortly after because I was like, oh, she's doing that and it's cool, something that I could do as well. But I would say a lot of the things that I picked interest in, I eventually, I picked interest in because of her, I eventually came to them on my own. Like, I came to my own finding of, you know, the joy or the thrill in them. And some of the things that I learned from her as well, I sort of shared it with because I'm like, actually, I'm not really like this. So even like, um, for example, the amount of privacy, the level of privacy rather than my sister, keeps and everything i realized that i'm more okay with being open but because you know i was modeling my life after her um i thought that me not wanting to be private was a bad thing because she she was my standard for a long time in my life so it's just like yeah as an adult now i'm going certain things and saying okay this isn't this is okay this is her but it's not necessarily me in terms of self-actualization i think yeah, just having people who have gone ahead of me has definitely been a big help. Yeah, you know, going to seek advice from them professionally, my professional work. Um, when I was in school, asking about certain things, um, my sisters went through university abroad first. So, like, when, you know, the time came to go to the there were certain things that was only them that could relate to us. I could ask them and they would put me through. So, yeah, and... Like I said, seeking, being able to just count on them as people who have gone ahead of me and as I can seek wisdom from. But at the same time, know that their wisdom isn't like my end or be all. Like there's some things that I will take and there's some things that I will leave. So, yeah, I, I, I would say generally, they had a big part of me, but also um, in the sense that I had to learn to actually be my own person rather than you know, being in a shadow or her shadow, so to speak. Yeah. Just like, I mean, it's your time to shine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we also noticed that um, your dad is a politician and your mom is into business and teaching, right? So, from yeah, my yeah. own perspective, you know, the, the focuses of parents sometimes end up, you know, affecting the child's mentality, you know, what kind of things they think of, what kind of things they admire, not exactly in the same direction, but, you know, at least, you know, because your dad does this particular thing, you don't want to do this, but stuff, stuff like that, you know, so how did growing uh-huh. among people who were in such a place, you know, with different ideas of like how life should run because teaching and politician they're like two ends i don't know that's how i see it but i don't know yeah. that's why i'm asking you how did what what kind of mentality did you bring to you from that age and to this present day 
So as a politician growing up, to be very honest, like I didn't think much about my dad being a politician. It was just a thing that was there. He was an honorable member okay. for, you know, two terms. So um growing up it was like, oh, it was a thing that people said, but I just didn't really realize the relevance for me. So I was just like, okay, that's his job. And sometimes I would be sitting in his office, but it wasn't a big deal, so to speak. But I think the only thing was that I picked interest in certain things, or I just happened to know certain things, like in civic education in school. Yeah. Something that I knew because, oh, you know, my father works in that line, so I can say this is an answer that I can easily tell you. It wasn't a big deal. But I, at the same time, I wasn't really like that heavy on current affairs because oh, my father is, is an honorable member or whatever. I wasn't really. It was just something that my dad did. Yeah, my mom has has always done business. She paused on teaching for a while, so I just always knew that she was, you know, really busy. But at the same time, like, really was the one that was holding down the, you know, home. What they even call them? They say you say you should not call them stay at home or something like um, home manager or something. She's not managing the home really well because you know my dad was as as a politician as well. There's always a lot of travel involved and things like that. So, yeah, like, she held down the home front. Um, I think, yeah, as I said before, because my parents didn't really have any frame of reference as to... So, me and my sisters, my my older sister, she's an accountant by training, my second sister, she's a lawyer, I'm an engineer. My parents did not do any of that. My dad was even used um studied mass communications in university. He worked at um at an he worked at, as an editor at a newspaper before he went into politics. So there's just no for for all three of us there was never any restriction. Okay. Because they yeah, because they just knew that okay, this is what you want to do, just excel at it and you know, just do your best. And as I said they, before, they don't know what's the best is. So it's just like, you know, they basically just gave us reins, like free reins to, you know, handle our lives and do our best. I think in terms of policy, as I got older, I got to see more of the bad sides of politics. And I was just like, hmm, like, I don't know if that, if I would really want to go into this. But then again, because I, I just was always, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm an engineer, like I'm going to be an engineer, that's what I'm going to do. So it's not like I would ever even, like the, my pathway to being in position was never something that I considered, but like in a distance, you know, in a distant place, I'm thinking, yeah, this is, a lot of things are going on here. But now, be based on the state of the country and a lot of things that are going down and, you know, realizing now the intersection between politics and policies and professions like engineering which might seem like they don't have a place in politics but just knowing that almost there's a lot of solutions that super problems that we have there's only people who are learned in these areas like if only people who were more learned people who were more skilled could be the ones in power handling these problems if only that were the case maybe something would be changed there's a thing of like maybe in the future I'm thinking hmm if you know after I have done gone quite far in my career in the education industry as an engineer maybe sometime then I could consider you know actually working in a political capacity or even as a minister or something so that's why that's one of the reasons I decided to do NYS because at first I was actually not considering 
just like I'm not going to need it. I'm just going to go, like leave this country and not come back and you know all of that stuff. But I'm just like, okay, they say Charlie, my dad also said it as well, like the whole, you know, NYC thing. It's always something that they look at. So yeah, I'm just it's it's one of those things that I'm I'm open to but I'm not actively pursuing. So if the time comes and it happens then it happens. Okay, uh, so like none of their beliefs passed on, you know, to you per se, but it would be giving no, free really. reign over everything. Yeah, and even like so now, there are many things that my dad, you know, believes. There are many beliefs that he has about police that I do not, I do not agree with, and we can, you know, argue about them. It's just, yeah, there's just a lot of freedom. Even my parents, they don't always agree about things politically. They just, yeah, we've basically been allowed to be our own person. So that's what I would say. Okay, that's good. That's good. So, writing your first draft at 14 and then getting published at the age of 17, how did you feel among your peers? I felt very proud now. I felt like I was a big girl. Okay. So, it's, 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 it's a thing of, like, that time now, I think about my journey as a writer. That time when I published a book at 17, it was such a big deal. It's like, you know, I had book launches, they were really successful. Everybody was, you know, I milked the whole teenage author thing very well. Now I can't hold on to that. It's just like, I'm like any other writer trying to make my way. So back back then it was a big deal and I was, you know, praised for it and loaded for it. And eventually all of that passed. So, yeah, because such is life. But yeah, it it was a really good feeling then. I think, yeah, I, so it didn't really hit me. It was a big deal. Like, I knew it was a big deal, but it didn't really hit me how big of a deal it was until I had my book launches and I did sort of like a media round sort of thing. And also, like, at the time, a lot of my peers could not really support me because people don't read anymore as much as they used to. So my mates weren't really reading or, you know, they just didn't, you know, they weren't into what I was putting out there. So for a lot of things, it was mostly like adults, my, my sister's friends, my parents' friends, even like reassuring support and everything. Now that we're older, at least now like for the, for the article, not that, for the story rather, for Illegal Money, it was mostly my friends that commented, obviously. The school are really more now, thank God. So yeah, like things are changing. But back then, I felt really special, of course. Um, did you ever feel like did you ever feel that you, you held an outlook on life at that point that made you you know different from others you know like oh I'm unique you know that kind of thing and do you still hold that kind of um, outlook you know I know all of us have our own uh, hero mentality but naturally there among us there are those that feel like, oh, you know, I'm not like everybody else, you know, that kind of thing. So, do you ever feel that kind of, or the, the, the things you focus on in life makes you different from others around you? Yeah, so, I, the noble thing would be to say, no, I, I've never felt, like, more special <laughs> than any other person. I've never like, me or whatever, but I think, uh, yeah, like, for a long time, like, I've had that mentality of, I'm different, like, 
not necessarily better. I think when I was younger, I definitely did feel like I was better. And then I had to like get off my high horse. Now life is kicking all of us, you know, very hard. So yeah, it's hard to feel like you are like you're more unique or whatever. When there are certain goals that like you're looking at yourself like, oh, I should have achieved this by now. And other people, because some people are late bloomers. So I think that's that's one thing that really man like. So people that you know when I was when I was seventeen and probably shorter, it was like a really big deal and everything. And people that were looking up to me now, I'm the one who's looking up to them because everybody's journey is different. So some people are late bloomers, and now like I'm in a more chill part of my life where I'm just really figuring things out. So and some people now have it more figured out because the thing about being an overachiever when you're young is that. You think almost that trajectory that your life is going to take forever, but there's a time when you know you realize that growth has happened and you're not who you were before. As I said before, some of the things that you want are not things that you want anymore. Most of the before are not things that you want anymore. And you're trying to figure yourself out all over again. And whether the dreams that you even had, the dreams that you had for yourself, or they were dreams that you had because. You know, people looked up to you and you wanted to, you know, put up a certain image of being the person who had it all figured out. So, yeah, now, like, I'm not the whole unique thing. Sometimes I do still feel like, oh, you know, so if, if I'm permitted to, to use, I don't know if this is really far on Like, she should have said that, okay, I feel like I'm the shit now. Okay. Maybe before, yeah, I, I did really feel like, I was. I always felt like um, I, I was the shit, but now it's like some days it's like, oh no, it's not really like that. Yeah, it's adult such that is showing me, showing things. Yeah. So, um, what troubles have you gone through in life that strengthened or brought you down? You know, you can decide to say two different things that strengthen and brought you down or you could just talk about what strengthened you mostly or what brought you down because like most of those times there are transformational experiences you know when you feel your lowest you get a new you know that light bulb the switch just comes on or when you are at your um lowest you can just be like oh okay I guess this is what I will accept, you know, that kind of thing. So, what particular things made you feel those kind of ways? Uh, so, I would say, um, part of why I've learned to let go of my, of the old, like, then being a clock, a mental clock, and, you know, a stage where I'm supposed to achieve everything, is that I was slowed down, after I finished my A-levels at the six form school, so I was slowed down by a year because um, I couldn't go, to, I got admission but I couldn't get my visa to go study in UK so I was home, I, I took a forced gap year basically for a year and a few months so well, it was a really depressing year because I was watching everyone from, you know, the sidelines I was watching everyone, it felt like my life was stagnant and everybody else was progressing and at home a lot was going on as well so like before it felt like I had to, like that time rather I had to face, you know, the things that were going on at home. But before I was in boarding school, I was constantly in school. I was away 
So my parents were even in Ibadan at the time I was in Lagos. So and my sister, my, my older sister lives in Lagos as well. So even grade grades, I didn't always have to go to Ibadan to be at home. I didn't necessarily have to, you know, face things. But for that year, I was just there. I was apart from stagnancy of what all felt like stagnancy of my life. I also was, you know, battling other things at home. So. Yeah, it was a tough time, and I, so up until maybe 2020, something else happened that sort of overtook that as the most trying time of my life. But yeah, up until um, 2020, was it? I think that I would say that was the first time in my life was the most year for me. From then, I just learned to have um, more faith in God. In a way that my my outlook on faith changed. Like my faith in God became less of a He has to give me. I know that He's going to give me exactly what I want, and became more of a okay. Even if He doesn't give me exactly what I want, I know that His plans for my life make more sense, and I just have to rest in that. So my faith became less of a. Like it's a jewel that I feel you have to give me what I want, and it became more of it. Yeah, I can rest in you know what you are, what God has, what you have in store for me. I can just rest in that. It became more of a restful faith rather than a tearful, you know, constantly on my knees, shouting, yelling sort of faith. Even though, even in the rest, there were tears, but it was more of a okay, I'm allowing me to handle the range of my life better. And it's okay to chill because you know that thing that they say about man proposes and God disposes. So yeah, like it's also made me be more. It's part of what has contributed to me being not more okay with not having things figured out because I know that I don't have to have things figured out. The person that has everything figured out is literally the one holding my life, so I can calm down. one life-changing experience for you, you know, one life-changing moment of your life, or you're still, um, I mean, apart from the fact that you, you got published at such a young age, I mean, that was life-changing, you felt on top of the world, but sometimes life-changing experiences can be the types that, um, you know, well, more or less, what you've spoken about now relates to a life-changing experience. But is there something else that, you know, when you just close your eyes and think about it, it comes to mind and like, oh, yeah, this was that moment? Uh, so I think maybe falling in love. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe I could say that. Okay. Because it has um, added a lot of color to my life, mm, okay. so yeah, it's it's something that has made my life better. Also opened me up to my very many shortcomings. Because before, like when you are single, or when you've come out of relationships or whatever, you might think, oh, like I was the person who was always right. Or when you you've been single, like it's just like okay. You think you have it all figured out and you're that great and then you enter a relationship and you're doing things that you didn't necessarily think you could do. Okay. Um, to hurt someone 
like not even necessarily intentionally but maybe you're just bad at communication or there's just ways that you thought that you would constantly show up for someone that you're not showing up for them in that way so it sort of has been like a like the holding of a mirror to myself basically and yeah challenging me to be better so yeah and just like the idea of always having someone to go through life with in a very intimate way in a very like if this is someone who sees me for all i am and this is someone that even if i'm like the rest of the world about who i am like this is someone that i'm very comfortable saying who i am to and that you have a wide range of interests you know i saw your works on women in politics aviation aerospace engineering and even i saw you post something i may not have seen a direct work but i saw you post something about climate research so do you have strong attachment to all of these things or is there like a drive to you know or is this like for a long-term goal of one day becoming a woman politician? <laughs> so, um, my thing is, I don't have, like, a strong interest. I have a lot of interest, but I'm, I'm not having, like, the same strength of interest in every single one of them. Like, it's just like, so, like, as I said before, I think it's that one thing that I know that will stick with me to the end. But, yeah, like, I just have... I'm a very curious person. Like, if I have a thought, I'm the type of person that if I have a thought about anything, like, it's just a random, oh, how does this work? Or, you know, oh, this is cool. Like, I wonder how, you know, I wonder how they do this or who does this. I will literally spend my time, like, just going through Wikipedia pages, reading things. So, like, I remember when I got my, this one of my crying exhibit writing news. So, I just, it was a perfect piece because I felt like it was, a way to basically earn money for what I was already doing before, which was just really lots of random things and learning and, you know, putting my thoughts together about it. So, like, with news now, there's so many different things that you could write about and, you know, learning about the world, learning about different cultures, learning about technology. Because, yeah, like, I just think engineering is really cool, technology is really cool. So, it's, it's, it's just a thing of, I, I'm very fascinated with a lot of things in the world. And I am not afraid to pursue them. But I would not say that I am very passionate about every single one of the things that I pursue in terms of knowledge. Yeah. So, like, you're searching for, you're like a curious person that wants to learn everything. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, as much as I can. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on that note, what have you um, learned? Or what is the, the you know over time we create systems because like you said like you said writing sticks with you and over time you have a system of working through it just a kind of habit or kind of process you go through in your writing. So, what have you learned and experienced so far in your writing journey? Um. So, I realized that I've I've, I've learned that. 
um so even though i'm passionate about writing like writing is not all that i do so and okay so in the sense that because writing is not all that i do and all that i am interested in mm-hmm. my journey is like the way i handle my writing was my journey like my writing journey is very different from other people who are literally career writers so for example now like i know a bunch of people let me not say a bunch i know just like a number of people who are you know that's writing is what they do like that's their work they are not doing like they're not really doing any other thing so and even like um all these content writing in the sense of you know people who are really passionate about seo writing copywriting and things like that so i'm just like i don't really have interest in that because writing for me is something that yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a passion, but it's also something that I want to, as I said before, it's something that I want to stick with me. So I feel like making it very regimented, but like very structured is something that will sort of wing out the joy for me eventually. So like, I'm very protective of, of that space. Like I don't put too much pressure on my writing. I don't chase too many things. I don't chase as a lot of the time when I'm applying for writing because when I see SEO must be game for SEO must be this is that I'm just like it's a lot like I, I don't want anything to take out the point for me so once it starts looking like that like I just back out and I think that has helped me preserve some of the joy I have in writing and has also just made me maybe compare myself less to people who I know are career writers because I'm just like yeah this is what they're doing and they are following through on that, they are going through all of that, but yeah, I'm just going to calm down, and I'm okay with calming down, so yeah, like, I, I write less frequently, um, even um, creative writing is something that I don't do as much as I used to, spoken word, I eventually left that, because I'm just like, I don't think I'm in the space to write spoken word anymore, I, I still write poetry, it's, well, I don't even put it out there, it's poetry that I write for myself, and maybe a future project that I might take on, only God knows when, but yeah, like I'm just more. It's, I don't know if flexible is the word, but I'm just more relaxed. I would say, yeah, like I'm, I'm allowing myself to navigate everything else that I do, which is. Okay, that's that's good to know, and um, I think we're down to our final question. And we'll release you right now. Okay. Um, before our final question, though, there's a small question I want to add into the game. So, are, are you, if you if you got a publishing deal, how would you react to that? You know, what what would it would it be inter or interrupting particular things you're doing in your life at the moment? Because like. You know, writing a couple pages might be hard to do that in between your daily activities or something like you're open to. I think it's something that I'd be open to. Um, also, because currently I was even looking for um, ghostwriting projects, so I'm okay with taking on something. Like if I go ahead publishing you, I'm okay with adding a little more to my schedule. So in the absence of ghost writing projects, if I get publishing you, then I'll be fine with, you know, writing a few pages a day, whatever that would look like. Okay, that's, that's good to know. And then, uh, what would you 
like to pass on to others who you want to be inspired by you? Without um, being too hard on yourself as well. Okay. 